Thank you for tuning in to this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Not many of us are, are, are into confrontation and getting in people's faces and doing what needs to be done, but sometimes we have to handle some things. We have to practice being adult Christians. Uh-oh, lost some of you there. We got to practice being adult Christians. And so as we look into next year, we've got 48 hours. We might need to settle some lingering issues. What we need to do is stop pretending and stop being babies and just do what needs to be done. Is that blunt enough for you this morning? Is that just blunt enough for you? So who's willing, I just need to ask you up front to do whatever needs to be done. Can I see a hand? Whatever it is that that God lays on your heart that you need to do before the this year ends and the new year starts. Well, here's just a couple of the things that may be lingering from 2018 that you need to settle. I'm just going to give you three. I got a list of about 300, but here's the first one. Are you ready? Conflict. Conflict. Some of you got some conflict lingering somewhere from 2018. You're angry about something. You've had a fight. How many of you had a fight this year? And that conflict is still unresolved. There's, there's a fight that happened somewhere along the way. So let me ask you this question. What's the problem? What's the problem with the conflict? What, what's with this fight? Probably some time has passed since then anyway. You don't even remember. Maybe the details of, the, of that fight, that conflict, are a little bit fuzzy to you anyway. So why hold on to that conflict into a new year? Why carry that like a ball and chain, drag it behind you into the new year? You, as a follower of Christ, as someone who who takes your spiritual uh, man seriously, are commanded and encouraged to deal with conflict now before you go into the new year. Conflict causes a host of, of issues if left unchecked and undealt with. Conflict in our lives grieves the Holy Spirit that is desperately trying to grow us and make us better in in our walk with Christ. It depresses our spirituality. So deal with conflict now. Let me share with you what Matthew chapter 18 says about conflict. It gives us an actual process on how to deal with this. And so some of you, I know you read your Bibles like I do, and you always ask, or maybe sometimes you feel like, man, everybody says the answers to all of life's questions are in here, but I can't find them. Here's one for you. Mark this one. It's chapter 18 of Matthew. It says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you've gained a brother. Now that seems like a very simple verse. When you're talking about conflict, if someone has done something to you, how do I deal with that going into the new year? Give them a call, schedule a time to sit down and have coffee, go to them and tell them, Hey, I'm offended. Something hurt my feelings or, or, or we had this conflict. We had this anger and I want to deal with that before this new year starts. Let's get this resolved. And so there's a process that comes after that. And I'll let you look at that on your own this, this week coming up. As you go into the new year, I want to encourage you to deal with any conflict that you have that's going on from 2018. The second one that you might have lingering from 2018 is hurt. Anybody hurt? Anybody been hurt in 2018 and there's something inside you that is just residing there and I'm going to encourage you this morning before you leave here today to start to think about the process of dealing with that hurt. Maybe you've been hurt or maybe you've done the hurting this year. Maybe and it's a possibility that in 2018 you hurt some people or somebody. I want to encourage you this morning to let don't let that lingering issue lie going into 2019. Maybe somebody stepped on you. Maybe somebody did you wrong. Maybe somebody stole money from you. 
took something that belonged to you. Maybe you were emotionally, verbally, or physically abused somehow in 2018. Let me tell you this. You do not have the ability inside of yourself alone to deal with that hurt. Some hurts are so deep and so wide and have been going on so long that you can't deal with them. The good news is this morning that that's why Jesus comes along beside you. If you would just allow him and ask him to help you deal with that hurt, he will give you the power, the the ability to deal with that hurt. So as you deal with that and think about that hurt, I want you to hear these words that Paul said in Ephesians. He's writing a letter to the church there in Ephesians in chapter 4. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. You say, well, I didn't hear the word hurt in there. Well, here's the thing. If you let hurt reside in your life for too long, those are the things that come out of that, especially that first one, bitterness. Some of us have dealt with that in our lives. Some of us may be dealing with that today. But there could be a bitterness that comes out of the fact that you have unresolved hurt in your life. So if you didn't hear the word hurt in there, don't think that that verse excludes you. I want you to understand that you've got to deal with that hurt in your life. You might say, well, pastor, I I don't know that you understand the level of hurt that I'm dealing with. And in most cases, you're probably right. I've been very blessed not to have to deal with some of the hurts that some of you have. But let me tell you this, when it comes to understanding hurt, I want us to remember Jesus Christ that hung on the cross. I want, to remember, I want you to remember the level of hurt that not only he encountered, but the father encountered as he hung there. The torture, the, the, the bloodshed, the battering that took place. He understands your hurt. And that's who I'm pointing you to today. Not to me to understand your hurt. Although I'd be happy to have a conversation with you as any of the staff would here at Connections Church. But I'm asking you to look at Jesus Christ who understands your hurt more than anybody else. Deal with any unresolved hurt. Stop dragging it around as you move into 2019. And finally, number three, I want you to deal with any lingering falsehood. You say, what's falsehood? What are you talking about there? I'm talking about lies. We've all done it. Amen. I want you to deal with any unresolved lingering falsehoods coming into 2019. Don't bring that stuff. As a matter of fact, as a follower of Christ, you are commanded, you you are under obligation to, to not lie. You're under obligation to tell the truth at all times. We have a responsibility to seek and to follow the truth, the one true God. So some of you have been lying to yourselves all year. Some of you have shrouded yourself all year long with some kind of a lie, some kind of a falsehood that you've been believing in, and you've convinced yourself that you're not too bad. Well, look at them. We love to play the comparison game. I'm not as bad as that guy. I'm not as bad as she is. You're living under a falsehood, and I want to encourage you this morning to deal with that. The path to eternal life is belief in Jesus Christ and living and seeking the truth, not living in falsehood at all. So all of our justifications about what we've done or what's good enough and how we did it better than they did it, and we look in the mirror and try to judge ourselves against people, none of that works. It's all false. We're to judge ourselves against the Bible. Or to judge ourselves against who Jesus is and what he's done in us. So some of us continue to believe lies that we've been told. Maybe you haven't lied to anybody this year, but you're believing things that you've been told and you haven't gone to the word, you haven't asked for understanding, and so you're living in the midst of falsehood. 
We need to hear these words also from Paul in in chapter 4. And at the end of a long passage, he simply says in verse 25, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Do you understand this morning that if we live in falsehood, if we lie, we're impacting all of our brothers and sisters in Christ. The people in this room, the people that are watching us online, the people who are in the body of Christ are impacted by the falsehood that we would choose to hold on to and live in. So as we move into 2019, and we're excited to do that, and we're celebrating that, and we're being funny, and we're, and we're doing all those things, we need to deal with unresolved conflict. We need to deal with unresolved hurt, and we need to deal with unresolved falsehood that may be in our lives today. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be real. We thank you, God, for the opportunity to be funny. I believe you gave us humor, God. I believe that you want us to laugh and be joyful because your word tells me that. And I thank you for these people that are here today and those that are listening and watching online through this great technology. Father, I ask you today that in the midst of all this excitement and celebration, moving into a new year, that you would prick our hearts to deal with all of the unresolved and lingering issues of 2018. God, the last thing I want to do is move into a whole new year with this stuff dragging behind me. And so today, God, I I just pray over any unresolved conflict that might be present or or represented in in this room with these people. God, that you would give us a plan, put something in our hearts, birth the next step to deal with that unresolved conflict. God, I pray for hurt. Those of us that have been hurt, I pray for those that we've hurt, God, that we would deal with that hurt. Maybe there's a phone call we need to make today. Maybe we need to go see somebody tomorrow. But God, before we enter into 2019 and take a a new, fresh, white, clean slate of a new year, help us deal with hurt in our lives. Some people have been damaged and hurt so badly, God, that only you and your power and your presence can make that better. And so I ask that they would just seek you. And finally, God, we ask that you would help us with our falsehood. Help us, God, that we don't live in lies, that we don't listen to lies, that we don't tell lies, that we live in truth, that we seek you out, and that we always and forever would seek to find the truth in every situation. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Everybody, one more big round of applause right now who helped make this happen and did a great job. And thank you all for coming out, bringing food, having fun, inviting people to come with you. Again, this is a very different uh, gathering that we have once a year now, but we love it because the Bible says a merry heart does good like what? Like a medicine. And man, some of you need that. Would you turn to somebody and say, have a good laugh today? Just tell them that. And then turn back to them and say, man, you look marvelous. Just let them know. Tell them they're, they're a 10 plus today. Everybody looking great. What a wonderful Sunday to be together, the last Sunday of the year. And I've told about three people today, this is the last time I'm wearing a tie this year. (laughs) And about half of them got it. Yeah, just like you did. Okay. Um, So after you wrap up some business from this year that Pastor Scott walked us through and and settle some things that need to be settled and done with and move forward, right? Because you don't want to take any bad baggage with you into the new year then uh, what I want to do is encourage all of us to take the next step, which is setting some goals and making some plans for the new year. 
And I just want, want you all to hear this right now. Even if you don't do resolutions any longer, how many of you gave up doing resolutions a long time ago? Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Even if you don't do that, please hear and implement what we're going to walk through in the next few moments together in your lives. I, I challenge you, I dare you today to take this to heart, what God has to say to all of us, because you could literally call this right now that we're about to, to share with each other, framing your future. And I know we didn't give out handouts today. We went a different direction, but, but just make a mental note of that or write that down in your hand somewhere, framing your future, because we know full well without a goal and a goal without a plan, excuse me, is just a what? just a wish. It's not going to happen. And our goals can only be reached through a vehicle of a plan in which we must fervently believe and upon which we must vigorously act. There is no other route to success. I love that statement. So the Bible tells us six things about goal setting. I'm going to walk you through very quickly. And some of you are like, yeah, right. We, we know how your quicklies go, but I promise you it's going to be fast. Why are goals so important to changing our lives? Well, the first thing is, is this. Goal setting is a spiritual responsibility. God set goals, has plans, and he made them happen. And he's making them happen even now. I think the, the, the next phase of his, his goal and his plan is to collect us all and take us home to be with him one of these glad mornings, right? One day he's going to come back and take his people home to heaven that he's preparing right now. God always has a plan, always set goals. Hey, listen, when we read the scripture, we discovered that Jesus set goals. I mean, he made sure of some things in his life. One of those was to go to the cross and nothing could sway him from that goal. He had his heart and his mind made up that that was the plan for his life to go to the cross, to give up his life, to rise again on that third day to save and redeem all of us. We just walked through during the Christmas season uh, a study called Manger Mission where that was the greatest rescue mission ever to take place and Jesus would not be swayed from the goals he had and the plans he had. The Apostle Paul, he also was a man with a plan. Don't you like that? A man with a plan, a woman with a plan. You can't stop that kind of person. Philippians chapter 3 says this, and these are Paul's words. I know that I am not yet what God wants me to be. How many of you are right there as well? We've not yet arrived to what God fully wants us to be. Now, he goes on and says, I know that I'm not yet what God wants me to be. I haven't reached that goal, but I keep moving toward it to make it mine because Christ made me and saved me just for this. Take just a moment and let that sink in. God made you, created you for a purpose. It's higher than anything you could ever conjure up in your own mind and heart. And what he says to you, wants to remind you of right now in this holy moment is those purposes, those plans, those goals that he has for your life are totally reachable. If you'll just grab a hold of it. These are spiritual disciplines. This goal setting is a spiritual responsibility. Someone once said, and I want you to let this just change your life today. You're either going to go through life either by design or default. Does that make sense to you? It sure does to me. And, and, and here's what I mean. You're either going to get in tune with God and what he has for your life, and you're going to live by his marching orders according to his plans and the goals that he has for you, or you're just going to kind of float and drift through life. And guess what? You're going to be directed by everyone and everything else around you. And I'm going to tell you something. 
when you get to the end of that day, you're going to wake up and realize, man, I wasted everything that God put in the palm of my hand. The life, the resources, the talents, the abilities, everything. Because I drifted and I lived life by default and not by design. Second thing I want you to know this morning about goals is they are statements of faith. In other words, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you set a goal, what you're saying is this. I believe that God has these things for my life. One day I woke up and realized as a young man, I believe that God has a greater purpose for my life. And here's what I believed. I believe that God had a calling to go into what we call ministry and on this side of ministry on my life. And I grabbed a hold of that because I believed that God was just big enough to do what he had put in my heart to do. Even though I felt insignificant, I wasn't the one who was always up front. I wasn't the one growing up being in the church plays or the school plays. I didn't want to be in front of people, but I knew somehow, some way, if God had that plan for my life and I just believed him and went after it with everything I had, he could make it happen. Folks, I'm telling you, God wants us to accomplish certain things in our lives. And goals are statements of faith that God, look at me, folks, look at me for just a moment. God, I agree. I agree with your plan and your goals for my life. Third thing I want us to know is this, goals focus my energy. Another one of the reasons why we need to set goals in every area of our lives is that they focus our energy, they keep us from wasting time, money, talents, energy, everything. They keep us focused. We, we hurt ourselves when we try to do too many things, isn't that right? How many of you heard the old analogy of keeping too many plates spinning? You just can't do it pretty soon. Some of those plates are going to begin to wobble, and the next thing you know, they're going to fall off the stick, and they're going to shatter on the ground. We weren't designed to do everything, and God doesn't expect us to do everything. What he wants us to do is grab a hold of those one or two things or whatever he's created us for us and go after those and stop wasting our time trying to do it all. I just want to take a load off of some people's shoulders and lives right now. Not only in this room, but out of this room. Here's, here's the, the beautiful truth that I want you to know. God doesn't expect you to do it all. <laughs> Didn't that just allow you to take that deep breath? But here's what he expects. Here's what he's asking. Here's what he's calling you for. Do what he created you to do. To me, I know that, that being a pastor is the thing that God created me to do. I, I know that that's the gift that he entrusted into my heart and in my life. Is it always easy? No. Is it always fun? Heck no. Excuse my French. But I know that that's what God's called me to. So I press through those tough moments and tough seasons because I see the greater picture. I see the, the bigger design and all of this. And I understand that those victories far outweigh those momentary trials and seasons of challenge. Whatever it is, grab a hold of that thing and run after it with everything you've got. Don't spread yourself too thin. Number four, goals keep me going. They give us hope. They keep us moving. They, they, they allow us to endure. The Bible says that Jesus endured the cross because he looked forward to the goal and the glory that was set before him. In other words, he looked beyond the pain and the suffering and the hurt and the, the tragedy that was Calvary. But he saw the glory that was Calvary. He saw the beauty that was Calvary. He saw the salvation and the deliverance and the, the life-giving power that was found at Calvary's cross. And he looked to that Easter Sunday morning, the very first one where he burst forth from that tomb. 
and he came back and defeated death, hell, and the grave. You've got to look beyond those tough seasons. You've got to keep going. You can't throw in the towel. You can't quit. You can't give up. I know in my heart that some of you listening to the sound of my voice have been really, really challenged in your life to just give it all up, to just walk away, to run away, to, to, to throw it in all of it and say, I'm done. Here coming down to the, to the end of this current year, 2018. But God's got a word for you. He's got a promise for you. He's got a plan for you. And I'm telling you something, it is unlike anything else that this world could ever conjure up and hand to you. So would you do, do this? Would you just hold on? Would you just trust him? Would you just go after him and say, God, I surrender. I'm going to quit doing it my way. I'm, I'm going I'm to stop trying to figure it all out myself. And Lord, I'm just going to come to you and say, here I am. I am going into your hands fully and completely. Completely, you do with me everything you want to do with me. And what it boils down to is making this one powerful statement. God, I trust you. Goals keep us going. They don't let the dis- disappointments and the pains and the hurts Stop us. Number five, goals build our character. Listen, drifting doesn't build your character, but goals build your character. If you set a goal, you get a vision of what could be. Man, I'm telling you, it will revolutionize your life. Without a vision, the Bible says the people do what? They do what? That's another word for what? Waste away. They die. They wither up. They, they're, they're gone without a vision, without a continuing revelation of who God is. And that's what that word means. And everything that he has for your life, then guess what? We just fade away into nothing. But with the vision of God in our hearts and lives, man, we become everything that he created us to be. Listen, God is more interested in our character than he is in our accomplishments. He is building us through this process. Again, the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3.12, I keep striving toward the goal. That word striving, that means it takes energy, it takes effort, it takes intention, it takes purpose in order to reach our goals. God says while you're doing that, while you're working on the goal that I am building character in you, you will never become the man or woman of God that he intends for you to be unless you intend to become that man or that woman. That you set that as your purpose. God, I am going to follow you. I am going to please you. I am with your help and the power of the Holy Spirit within me. I am going to live this life just like you want me to. I surrender. I trust you. And then lastly, God goals will be rewarded. The Bible says if you have God goals, there's going to be two ways that you're rewarded. You're going to be rewarded on earth by people, and you're going to be rewarded by God in heaven. The Bible says in Proverbs eleven twenty seven, if your goals are good, hear that? If your goals are good, you will be respected. Man, that, that's a powerful word. That if your goals are good, the people around you that, that experience rubbing shoulders with you, that cross your path, that, that, that are a part of your life, they're going to respect you because they see that in you. And they, they, they're, they're blessed by that. Something, even if they don't know God themselves, something inside of them is touched in a powerful way, and they respect that. So, you'll be respected and blessed by those around you. But the real reward is coming, it says in 1 Corinthians nine twenty five, As Paul wrote again, all athletes practice strict self-control. They eat right, they sleep right, they work out, they exercise, they do it to win a prize that will one day fade away. Those prizes that that we won just a few moments ago, they're going to fade away. Nobody's going to remember yesterday's game in two weeks, much less two years, but 
Here's what he goes on. It says, but if we do it for an eternal prize, then that will never fade away. He says, so I run straight to the goal with purpose in every step. He was a purpose-driven goal setter. Folks, we need to be that way also in our lives. And when we cross the finish line, we get the ultimate prize. And that is to be with our Heavenly Father, to be at home with God. So you might ask as we finish this up, how do we go about setting not just good goals, but God goals? Number one, start with prayer. Turn to your neighbor and say, start with prayer. And then turn back and tell him, keep praying. Does it not make sense to you that asking God what those goals should be is the right place to go? That he's the right source. So start with prayer. Ask God, God, what do you want for me in 2019? What needs to change in my life? What needs to, to be strengthened in my life? What else do you, do you want me to be about and, and, and become and, and, and whatever? Start with prayer. Secondly, write it down clearly. Habakkuk 2.2 says, write the vision down. Make it plain on paper so they may run who read it. How many of you have forgotten so much stuff that you didn't write down? Good ideas. Reminders of things you were supposed to do. You didn't write it down, so you did what most of the time? You forgot it. Let me just share something with you. Document your dreams because they are too important to forget. And dream big. Third thing I give you in this is work your plan diligently. Nothing beats hard work and hustle when you have faith in God. Ruth teaches us that as she took care of her mother-in-law, Naomi, by working in the fields to provide for, for both of them after their husbands had died. And God honored that big time because a man by the name of Boaz took notice, fell in love with Ruth, married her, and God blessed her and used her in incredible ways because she worked hard and she hustled. Let me just share a few goals that we have at Connections Church for 2019. Are you ready? Sit up in your seat just a little bit taller right now. Nudge your neighbor. Make sure they're listening. They're not eating those Doritos and, and, and that dip right now. Make sure they're laser focused because every one of us in here, out here, need to understand and hear these clearly. We want to lead at least 100 people to Jesus Christ, right? Oh, come on now. You can do better than that. We want to see at least 100 people come to Jesus Christ personally in their lives in the year 2019. We want to see our church grow strong in discipleship, that we all need to grow deeper and stronger. As Pastor Scott mentioned just a few moments ago, that we need to grow up in God. We need to take it serious. We need to run after this more than we run after that promotion at work, more than we run after that, that accomplishment in our, in our sport. Whatever it is, it pales or should pale in comparison to becoming more like Christ in our lives. Listen to this one. We want to exponentially grow this congregation. Let me just throw this out there very quickly. What if each of us who call Connections home won at least one person to Christ and they made Connections their church home? What would happen at the end of 2019? We would have somewhere in the neighborhood of 600 people as a part of this church family. Now, how many of you believe that something like that is not just possible, it's very possible? Come on. Come on, church. People need Jesus. I'm not talking about swapping saints and stealing people from other churches. No, let them stay. There are so many people that are lost and dying without Christ in their lives at this very moment all around this community and the communities that surround us. And that's the fields that are white unto harvest that Jesus pointed us to and said, I need laborers in the field. Those people will need a church home. I could think of no better church home than Connections. Now, let me ask you this. 
Can we do that? I'm, I'm asking you a question. Can we do that? Left side, can we do that? Middle, can we do that? Right side? Now let me ask you this way. Right side, will we do that? Come on, middle, will we do that? How about the left side? Left side. Yeah. What about back in the booth? Woo! What about out in the hallway? You should be in here. Why are you in the hallway? Okay, we can do this. And we will do it. Here's what it's going to take everybody making that commitment. We want to multiply our missions trips. Terry kind of held back on you a little bit. I'm just going to let the cat meow out of the bag. Right? Three trips abroad, one trip here in the U.S. this coming year, 2019, that all of you are going to have an opportunity to go and be a part of and be on a team that changes the world. They're coming up. They're coming up quick. You're going to get dates and information and times in the next two weeks. What about growing our Connect Group Ministries? strengthening our existing groups and adding new groups because so many of you are saying, hey, I want to be in community. Hey, I want to be connected. Hey, I need that in my life. Now's your time. You've waited around long enough. Jump in and go for it. Listen, these are some of the bigger ones, and we're going to need every one of you to help make a commitment and to follow through in partnering with us to make these goals a reality. Would you just close your eyes with me just for a moment all around this room? Nobody looking. Just close your eyes for a moment. And as you do that, here's what I want to ask. Maybe you're in this room and you say, you know what, Pastor, I, I need to fully surrender my life to Christ right now. Maybe you did it 30 years ago, but you've drifted away from God and your relationship is non-existent right now. Maybe you've never made that decision to say, I'm all in, God. I am yours. I trust you with all of my life. If you're in this room and you would say today, Pastor, remember me in this, this prayer right now. Would you just raise your hand real quick? Anybody at all? Yes, thank you, ma'am. Yes, thank you, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, thank you. How many others? There's three, four, thank you. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am, five. How many of you say, yes, six? I see your hand. Yes, ma'am. How many of you would just say right now, you know what? I've drifted for a while. <laughs> That's got to stop. There's too much at stake. God has too many great things planned for my life. I don't want to miss out on it anymore. Can I just see your hands? You're making that commitment to jump in. Follow God's design, his plan, his dream. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Would you just slip your hands up as well? Thank you all across this room. Just raise them up and say, whatever God has for me 2019, I want that with everything I've got in my life. Yes, sir. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Would you just take a hold of the hand of the person beside you on either side of you at a table if you're with some folks? And Heavenly Father, we thank you for these five people who raised a hand and said, I need Jesus. I need to commit my life fully and completely to him. I need to understand the plan that you have for my life, God. I need to, I need to just surrender completely to you. I need to trust you with everything of who I am because you are trustworthy. So right now, I claim Jesus as my, my Savior and my Lord. I, I, I surrender fully. Lord, come and cleanse me, wash me, make me whiter than the driven snow, God. Redeem me, renew me, God. Thank you for that. I surrender to you, Lord. I give you my heart, my life, everything I am. Lord, for those who have been drifting for far too long now and saying, you know what, it's time for me to wake up. It's time for me to embrace who, who God created me to be and everything that he has for me. I don't want to miss it anymore. God, I want everything that you have for my life. And I'm going to run after that with everything I am here in 2019. I, I thank you for your heart to do that, your hunger 
your passion, your commitment. And for those of you that said yes to being a part of seeing the plans become a reality this year, would you just make that commitment right now with everything you are? Thank you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Thank you all. Thank you for tuning into this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.